Welcome to The Speakeasy, the podcast that urges you to mean what you say and say what you mean. I'm your host, Allison Emmett. Today, we'll be exploring the relationship between gender and speech. Many people seem to think that there is a gender-based speech difference. For some, it's a series of stereotypes that they've latched onto. For others, it's the simple reason that Hillary Clinton is not an amazing orator. Linguists and psychologists sometimes even base their research off the assumption that gender and speech are related. But are they? Let's go into the theory. Dr. Alice Freed and Dr. Cordelia Fine both argue that any scholar assuming there are biologically based sex differences in speech is engaging in neurosexism. Have you ever heard about a scientific study that looked at the apparent fundamental differences between male and female brains? Yeah, that's neurosexism. Just because different regions of the brain showed different activity along gender lines, along perceived gender lines, doesn't mean there are neural or biological differences. Don't forget, brains can be socialized too. Social causes make the brain active in a certain region because social causes can change behavior, not because differences are innate. So, are women socialized to speak differently than men? Perhaps. Dr. Claude Steele's theory of stereotype threat is helpful here. Because there are stereotypes about the way women speak, a woman articulating herself is always at risk of fulfilling that stereotype. Her speech might take on less persuasive elements because of the social psychology and because of lack of education emphasis on speech. Warning, there are persuasive and articulate women at Barnard College. Regardless of whether there are sex differences in speech, we cannot separate gender and speech because speech is gendered. Anyone identifying as gender non-binary is ignored by our system of language. When you meet new people, ask for their pronouns and share your own. Respect those pronouns and refer to people using language that they use themselves. This can take time to adjust to, but in good faith, don't be afraid to ask or apologize for mistakes. Work to eliminate your implicit bias of how people should speak and make your speaking practices more inclusive by using more gender neutral terms. Use words like everyone, or more casually, friends, instead of guys or ladies and gentlemen. Up next, we have Mo Christ, a sophomore at Barnard. They are a spoken word poet. My gender is a hermit crab. Each time I find a new home, I grow out of it. I don't know how long it will take me to find a body that fits where I need it to. My gender bites back, buries itself in the sand, hides itself in shame until the tides come back in and wipe the silt from my shell. I hear the water echo making music from empty space. The sun warms me back into the summer everyone is waiting for. My gender is late summer in Moscow, stifling, humid, hot, unexpected, a lot to get used to. Tourists get confused, wonder why my gender isn't frozen in time like they want it to be. In Gorky Park, men in top hats stand on stilts, it feels good to be small again. There's a string quartet and everything is bathed in yellow August sunset. My gender is yellow, it looks good on everyone else, but I can never seem to pull it off. And spoken word poetry is kind of the umbrella term for any poetry that is spoken aloud and performed, whether on a stage or at a reading, things like that. 
and slam poetry is specifically when that spoken word poetry is taken into a competitive setting and there are five judges from the audience and you're always judged by your peers so they're usually people who um, have never seen any of the performers perform and are just like there to be part of the audience. The kind of point of a slam is both to provide a platform for people to do their to perform their work and to to, for that work to reach a larger audience and also to encourage people to come out to literary events. I guess, I guess it's difficult to get people to go to poetry readings that may seem like kind of dry and kind of boring and academic um, a lot of the times but slam because it's competitive because it's exciting uh, I think brings a lot of people that are new to the art form and don't really understand um, what poetry can be and kind of shows them all the poetry is um, in a really interesting and interactive space. Uh, if I was a judge, um, and I have been judges before, um, I think that the best poems to me are the ones that come from personal lived experience. And those could be ones that are very like grounded in personal narrative um, of like actual things that have happened in people's lives, I think are really powerful. Like race, socioeconomic status, gender. Um, I think that all of those identities really inform your poetry. And whenever a poem is grounded in identity and your experiences with that identity, I think that those are like the strongest and most meaningful poems to me. Because spoken word poetry is spoken word poetry, I think that it makes it inherently accessible um, to a lot more people because it doesn't require you to have access to a huge library of poetry books. It doesn't um, even require that you have an internet access to look at poems. Um, the only thing between a poem and the audience is the air, and I think that that like, really close, intimate space that um, a slam provides and that spoken word poetry shows provide really grabs the audience and makes writing accessible to people who um, might not have, have, had, have had access to it before. For me, I think that the clearest and most meaningful writing in general across different mediums from poetry to storytelling to academic writing, um, the, I think the best way to send a message is to be as clear and concise and accessible as possible. Um, so I think that academic language could take a lot from, um, from poetry and from the art of spoken word, um, because spoken word I think is really grounded in, in making your point as clear and direct to the audience as possible, coming from lived experience and coming from honesty and sincerity and, cl and clarity um, is really what's going to be the most effective in poetry and in other kinds of writing. So I write a lot of my poems from um, experiences I've had in my childhood and just like I talk a lot about um, growing up in a very rural part of Pennsylvania which is not always the greatest place um, to grow up in uh, though it'll always have a special place in my heart. I think contrary to a lot of people's experiences I didn't really have a very highly gendered childhood uh, which I think is a good thing um, but I, I now identify as um, a non-binary person like I don't um, my gender isn't like male or female, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, non, I'm non-binary. Being able to talk about gender, often it's very easy and very like, conventional to talk about gender in a binaristic way, um, but that wasn't my experience growing up and it's still not my experience now, and so I think poetry was really provided me the space to talk about what gender means to me, what like my realizing what my gender identity is. Um, poetry has like, allowed me to have space to talk about that in a lot of different ways um, that that other types of writing kind of condense into too simple of terms sometimes. Um, so with poetry, and especially being on stage and performing a piece of poetry is a lot like just being out in the world and performing gender, kind of. Um, and so I think that space that the performance provides um, really mirrors my experiences with gender um, and have, has really allowed me to 
to talk about gender in a way that I think is really beneficial for me and also um, I think could be beneficial to a lot of other people. Because spoken word poetry is so accessible, I think that it really, I think that a lot of poets really, I think all poets have a responsibility to impart maybe not a lesson, but just to like impart knowledge and truth. And I think that a lot of people coming into spoken words um, and come away with a new kind of knowledge um, about a lot of different identities. And definitely for me, gender has been a big one, um, but I also just learned so much from so many, from all the other poets that um, I interact with and perform with and perform alongside. Really can offer like that learning space, that space to, to just listen and learn from other people's experiences. I come from a town where home wraps its arms around you like your grandmother's Christmas sweater. Where highways are only a distant reminder of a fast-paced, faraway world, I come from small-town rural America. Traditional family values and the caring eyes of neighbors who always remember your birthday. I come from rolling fields of corn, oak tree skyscrapers, and vegetable gardens. But I also come from strip malls, housing developments, and homogeneity. I come from Friday night football games and Friday night fight clubs. Remember, don't talk about it. I come from taking your tractor to prom. I come from taking your girlfriend to prom as friends. I come from waiting to feel safe in my own school, in my own town, in my own skin, but instead, I come from the right. The far right, the so far right, they actually think they're right. I come from a swing state and a swing county, the smallest town with the largest Republican majority, a neighborhood of Donald Trump's reversing Pennsylvania from blue to bloodshot. I come from the middle of nowhere, the middle of no one around for miles, the middle of no, I'm not in the wrong bathroom, please just let me wash my hands. I come from I hate you, hate your kind, hate crimes in 2013. My best friend woke up to find a swastika buried in his front yard, his brother's pickup truck covered in pink spray paint. In 2016, his six-year-old sister finally calls him her brother, and his mother calls to say it might be best not to bring his new gender home for Thanksgiving. I come from the underside of a welcome mat. I come from a small-town family of silence, of too busy to care, a town resting in shadows. I come from a town who has spent three generations cutting people off so they can piece together a perfect puzzle, squeezing me into narrow frames of mind, never fitting, always ruining the picture like I was the problem. The rotten apple spoiling the bag. I come from believing I am disgusting, messed up, too monstrous for their small town children. Listen, we just don't want the kids seeing that kind of stuff. You understand, right? I come from a town so small it has lost itself behind two-story colonials, three-car garages. It's so safe you can leave your doors unlocked, your windows open. So safe you can leave your mind closed. I come from a town so safe no one ever has to make room for anything new, but I come from a new reality. One of suburban spite, rural rebellion, farmland fear, counting on this country to change its landscape. I come from a town too far away from my fault lines to ever bring rise to new scenery, and I don't even know if it's worth it to try. I want to believe I come from taking responsibility for the next generation of kids who will walk into classrooms accustomed to assimilation. I want to believe I am not the monster they say I am, not something they can hide under church pews. I don't want to be the thing they demand to fix. I used to believe I came from an America that just hasn't woken up yet. But I know now that the town that raised me did so knowingly. They've always been awake, waiting, biding their time, and they will not rest until this American nightmare has become a reality. Especially at a women's college, issues about gender and speech are important to consider. I believe we have not the duty, but the privilege of examining these issues more closely and through an intersectional lens especially at a college which has not only women, but trans students and genderqueer students. To make our speech culture intersectional and inclusive, we must challenge our own assumptions. The Speakeasy has been brought to you by the Barnard College Speaking Program. To book an appointment with a Barnard College Speaking Fellow, please visit our website, 
speaking.mywconline.com. We offer individual sessions and group workshops. The Speakeasy was created by Allison Emmett. This episode of The Speakeasy was produced and edited by Shreya Sundaram and written by Irene Golden and Allison Emmett. Thank you to the director of the speaking program, Daniela Kemp, and to coordinator Katie LaSalle, to Barnard IMATS for providing recording equipment, and WKCR for allowing us to use their studios. Thank you, and we hope you'll tune in next time.